Welcome to Saturday Morning Inspection. I'm Nick Rudman, joined as always by the man who keeps his barber on retainer, Andrew Mize. We are not your typical big sports media talk show. We don't have the big budgets. We don't have the fancy suits, and we don't have the talking heads. We got to make up for it by working ridiculously hard, doing our research, and being ridiculously good-looking. That's right, Nick. And we don't have fancy suits on, but we do have fancy sweaters and fancy hats. That's all we can afford. But even with these on, we still need your help, you, the viewer. So whether you watch us on YouTube, Apple, or Spotify podcasts, uh, we could use some help. Give us a like, comment, subscribe on YouTube. All of those things go a really, really long way. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, Apple, or Spotify, we are at Saturday Morning Inspection. For Facebook and Twitter, we're SMI Football Show. And as always, you can find all of our uh, socials and any late breaking news on our website, smishow.com. Uh, I digress, Nick. We have a big show ahead of us. Uh, we got a lot of really cool topics today. I think the people are going to love it. But first, let's warm up with a little bit of trivia. How are you feeling? Feeling pretty good, man. Let's let's get going. Let's, let me see what you got. Well, uh, to give the viewers a sneak peek, today we're going to go into a little bit of team salary cap talk. And what happens if your salary cap situation is terrible, like the Saints, you may lose the team. And that gives me to my trivia segment, defunct NFL teams. All right. Here we go. go. Which West Coast team existed for only one season in 1926 and played all of their home games in Chicago? Oh, my goodness. Is it the Los Angeles Dons? You're very close. One of those words is right. One is wrong. Is it San Francisco Dons? No, it is the Los Angeles Buccaneers. Yeah, and I knew it was. I knew San Francisco and Los Angeles had early teams there, but this was back in the old days of the NFL, where it was all on the East Coast, right? Like you said, oh yeah, Chicago. So it was the Bears, the Giants, and the Packers. I just so think that never- the Chicago, Los Angeles, and then Tampa Bay Buccaneers all combined into one team sounds pretty crazy to me, though. <laughs> yeah, it's talk about a home field advantage, though. Being an, an LA team playing your home games in Chicago, that that kind of stinks. Oh yeah. But uh, we got a, we talked about it a little bit. Um, why don't you give us a uh, description of kind of what we're going to talk about today? Sure. So we're going to go deep into the salary cap, and we're going to start by giving a little description of some words you may hear. You know, a lot of buzzwords here and about when, when teams describe contracts or things with the salary cap. We'll walk through all that for you guys just to kind of explain it, go line by line. And then we'll give you some examples of how the salary cap factors into team buildings and situations. We got a fun little setup here. We got a really good segment and we're going to put up uh, each team. We're going to, we're going to go into four different teams and we're going to compare what one team has done salary cap wise with its stars and what the other team has done and talk about which one you'd rather be in. And I think that's going to be really enlightening and really shed a lot of light and value into what goes into salary cap management. 
but uh, let's let's get going with uh, the verbiage. And I think the first one we're going to start with is one that probably sounds pretty obvious, but it's extremely important. And that's the signing bonus. Now, the signing bonus, as a lot of people have gathered, is, is the money you get. That's not salary. If you're an NFL player, that's just if you sign the contract, here's a bonus signing bonus. But here's what's special about the signing bonus is that is paid to the player by the owner or the team, usually really, really close to the time you sign, like pretty much the day or the few or within a few months. But the way the salary cap is managed and handled by rule in the NFL is that salary, that signing bonus is uh, prorated over the life of the contract. So let me give you an example. If you sign a contract with a $20 million signing bonus and it's for five years, that team has a $4 million cap hit each of those five years. So teams love using the signing bonus because they get to extend uh, the, that payout to players and players love it because they get a lot of money up front. That's very interesting. Uh, so this would be a way to spread out a large hit of money evenly across a large number of years. So say like we look at the Patrick Mahomes contract, I don't know what exact numbers were, but say they gave him like a $100 million signing bonus. Instead of having $100 million up front, they could spread $20 million a year over, or actually $10 million a year over 10 years. Right. And, and what a lot of teams will do, so let's say you had a player you signed to a contract and he's a good player. And usually that's a, uh, a lot of these contracts are backloaded, which means the higher salaries are at the end. So that, that way, it's a, let's say it's the last year of this player's salary and he's due to make $25 million in his salary. He has no signing bonus left. So the team will go to the player and say, hey, look, we'll give you we'll give you a contract extension for four years. We'll give you a salary of five million dollars a year plus a 40 million dollar signing bonus today. The player will be like, heck, yeah, I'll take 40 million dollars today. That's more than I was going to make before. And then the, that team, uh, they then get to take that 40 million dollar signing bonus and add it to the next four years at 10 million per. So they keep the player and they actually lower their cap hit at the same time. That's pretty crazy. That's it. Very uh, interesting way to handle some money problems. It sounds like a, you know, like offshore fund switch around type backdoor stuff. Oh yeah, it's it, it's definitely very uh, Hamptons hedge fundy with uh, with how they do it, and it kind of leads into the the second uh, statement we got there, and that's dead money. So dead money uh, is kind of what it sounds. It's when you're paying a player that doesn't play for your team. So this is kind of what happens when signing bonuses go wrong. So let's say you sign a player that signing bonus that I talked about. You gave him a four-year extension uh, and it's $40 million signing bonus. So $10 million per is your cap hit um, to, the, to the team. Well, let's say this player stinks all of a sudden and you cut him after a year or two. You still owe that player, even though you've already paid him the cash, you owe that player uh, per your salary cap constraints $10 million per year. So that's $10 million even though he doesn't even play for your team anymore, that's counted against your cap for the next few years. This is obviously huge because can you imagine how terrible it is paying a player that doesn't even play? I can. Uh, Joe Flacco had a very large cap hit for a number of years, uh, and Ray Lewis had a, a, a smaller cap hit for a number of years. But yeah, and I think the one for me that hurts the most is Ray Rice's cap hit uh, for Baltimore. They just signed him, and then he got uh, blackballed from the NFL. That cap hit stuck a, stuck a while. Yeah, anything with Ray Rice hurts the most in cap hit. There's a joke in there somewhere, but we won't go down that road. But uh, anyway, yeah, so it, it is something that really has a lot with players, uh, veteran players who have been in the league a lot. That's where you usually see the dead money really come in. Like you mentioned, 
Ray Lewis, Joe Flacco. Usually, usually rookies don't have this because they have smaller signing bonuses now, but it's usually an issue that comes up more with veteran players. But, uh, and, and then moving on to the last line we got here, and this is the, the wildest thing going on in the NFL these days. A few teams really do this, and this is voidable years. So this is what teams will do is it's, they'll, they'll kind of take the signing bonus plan and, and, and take it to the extreme. So they'll re-sign a player or they'll sign a player for, let's say, a five-year, $100 million deal and $50 million signing bonus. But they'll make the last three years voidable, which means they don't really exist. But what it allows the team to do is to get the player to sign a contract. And once that contract is signed, that means that that signing bonus gets extended out all those five years. So what happens is teams do this with guys like Tom Brady and Drew Brees, guys at the end of their career. So who knows how many years they have left. So like, I think Tom Brady has signed like a four-year contract right now, but the last two years are voidable. The only reason he's a four-year contract is because the Bucs want to spread out his salary cap hit. So there's a good chance Brady will keep getting paid after he's retired, but he's technically signed a four-year contract just so that way the Bucs can spread out the dollars. Even though everyone knows that he's either going to retire in two years or sign a new deal. Exactly. I I would go on the probably play for at least ten more years. I would imagine, but uh, you never know. The TB12 diet is uh, second to none. That's the voidable years. That's if you can combine all these things together. There's probably some some big trickery that can go on in the salary cap world. It seems like uh. The signing bonus, dead money, voidable years, if you try to like line all those up perfectly, you can sign what seems like a huge contract, but the team doesn't have to pay too much. Right. And I, well, and I think you've got some examples too, right? Or at least one where te- a team tried to do these principles and it actually blew up right in their face and they're facing it right now, right? Don't you have a, a good one you maybe want to talk about? I do. Um, let's see here. We'll go. You want to go right into our either or segment? Yeah, let's do that. Let's go ahead. So this is a, a, we'll say, option A or option B, a would you rather, so to speak. Uh, which one do you think I should start with, the the Saints? Yeah, let's go with New Orleans first. I think that fits into the voidable years one. So here, here's an option I'll propose to you, Nick. Would you like option A or option B? So option A is wide receiver Michael Thomas. At twenty-seven and a half million dollar cap hit next year, or would you like Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts, Deion Jones, and Dante Fowler all combined for one point five million dollars less, twenty-six million dollar cap hit next year? This is like you said, all the trickery and whatnot of the contract, and he's even hurt right now. He's not even playing. Uh, yeah, this. It's crazy that Michael Thomas is making $27.5 million next year. Yeah, it absolutely is. And, and this is what happens. And New Orleans Saints did this for a number of years with Drew Brees. And, and when they were trying to keep that core together, is they did a lot of things with signing bonus and voidable years. And the thing is, the money is always due eventually. And we see it now, right, with New Orleans. Like you said, uh, you've got Michael Thomas, you know, is owed 20, he has a $27 million cap hit this year. That's huge. And you see the players on the right for Atlanta. Those are all good quality players. And, and the question's almost rhetorical, right? You, you, you pick option B, you go Atlanta Falcons here. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's no way that any sane team would pick a, uh, in his heyday, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. But you've got a really solid rookie tight end, a 
really great hybrid wide receiver running back in Cordero Patterson and two stud linebackers. I mean, who wouldn't pick that option? I mean, it's just a wide receiver we're talking about here. And there's one other point, and we'll see it as we go through some of these other either-ors, is that the single point of failure, so let's say Michael Thomas is such a superstar that he's such a matchup problem that maybe he's even worth those four guys. But if he gets hurt like he is this year, that's one guy and he's gone. That's, that's a lot to replace. With four guys, if one of them gets hurt, you still have three other guys as part of that salary cap you know, bundle, that $27 million, to pick up the slack. This is a perfect example for me because Michael Thomas is hurt. He's not yeah. even on the field for the Saints. So, I mean, it's it's almost like a, a super no-brainer. Like, he's got injury concerns. Why would you even consider him as an option? But uh, let's move on to one of yours. What, which would you like to go next? Let's start. Let's, start uh, let's go to the top. Let's go with the Rams-Patriots. Uh, now, this one is rather crazy. Yeah, so this tells you the two different ways to build a team, right? And in both the Rams and the Patriots this offseason and even during the season have been really, really aggressive in trying to get players. So the Rams went all after the stars. They traded and uh, got Matthew Stafford. You know, they signed Aaron Donald to a big contract. They got Jalen Ramsey last year, signed him up to a big deal. And they got three superstar legit guys. There's no doubt. The Patriots went a completely different approach. Instead of going after superstars, they went after good, solid players that they fit could fit in their system. It's tight end Hunter Henry, who's playing like a pro bowler. John U. Smith, who's a good number two tight end. We look at Matt Judon, who's playing like a pro bowler too. Dante Hightower's a stud. You know, they got Kyle Van Noy back, who fits in that defense very, very well. They, they, they signed Nelson Aguilar on top of that. You know, he hasn't done a whole lot, but he's still a, a decent, another weapon for their young quarterback who's on that list. That's Matt Jones. And, and what New England has done here is they instead of going after the stars and the big names, they've just gotten a lot of good players, you know. And, and so whereas maybe in Madden, you'd rather pick the Rams because you got all the superstars. But the way the team is built, you kind of feel like New England's a better option, right? Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned it with the Saints. And it's the same thing with salary cap and draft picks with the Rams. You're kicking the can down the road. Eventually, it will kick, catch up with you. The Rams are in a position where they have to win the Super Bowl in the next two years or they're SOL. Um, you see the Patriots. They're a young, up-and-coming team. They can keep all of these core players for a very long time. They have at least uh, five years, I guess, with Mac Jones being on his rookie deal. They've got at least five years with this squad before they need to pay Mac Jones. But still, you can still keep a, a vast majority of those players. And you hit the nail on the head is that the quarterback has the rookie deal. And we see it with Stafford and we're seeing it with some of our other guys. Getting a quarterback on the cheap, which is usually when they're a rookie, is so valuable, right? Because Stafford getting paid, what, $20 million, I think, is, is, is what his cap hit this year. That just takes so much away from other players. So you can't get the depth, right? So Mac Jones, he can get two tight ends, a receiver. They can draft running backs. They can focus on defense to help them out on that side. The Rams can't. It's all on Stafford because they paid him that much money. So it just makes your life a lot easier for a quarterback if you're if you're on the cheap. Now, the flip side is you want to make more money. Obviously, you want to make 20 million if you're a quarterback, not 3. But when it comes to winning games, you know, making a little less goes a long way. Absolutely. And I like how this example is really key because you see three superstars and what do you really get with them? Not a whole lot, but with the Mac Jones side, you have a young up-and-coming quarterback who has two offensive weapons, one mediocre offensive weapon in Aguilar, 
And then you've got three defensive studs who help get you back on the field to score points. It's like a win-win-win. There's really no option here that's bad. But, um, and, and again, before we move on, uh, if New England loses one of those guys, if Kyle Van Noy goes down, if Matt Judon goes down, it stinks, but it's not the end of the world. If the Rams lose Aaron Donald, they can't stop anybody. No, yeah, the defense is kind of like uh, fruitless up front. Yeah. But I digress to the next option. This one is also pretty crazy. I did, uh, you did more super groups, and I did solo artists. So uh, I, my next option is, would you rather have Derek Carr for $20 million, or would you rather have Kenneth Murray, Rashawn Slater, Austin Eckler, and Justin Herbert for $21 million? This is, again, the power of the rookie deal. Derek Carr is probably not as good as Justin Herbert. Now the Chargers didn't know that necessarily when they uh, when they drafted Herbert. He's become a really good player. But you see with Derek Carr, you know they the Raiders knew what he was, so they signed him to a long term deal. So they like that stability at the quarterback position. You know they know what Derek Carr is. They know what he's going to cost. But the problem there is you lose that depth, right? You don't have the ability to have, you know, a guy like Austin Eckler, who is an offensive weapon, right? You, you know, when it comes to drafting, you usually don't get the best players. You don't get Rashawn Slater, right? So you don't get a good left tackle for cheap. That's the other thing, right? The the Chargers got the probably the best tackle in the draft for for pennies on the, you know, compared to anybody you'd have yeah, to get as a veteran. $3.7 million cap hit is nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing compared to a lot of teams who have to spend eight, ten, twelve million dollars on average tackles just to protect their quarterbacks. So it just it just tells you how how important it is to get that quarterback position right with this money. Because if you get it even a little higher, a little low, it just makes it so tough to to really stand out in the NFL. Absolutely. Um, and then I guess moving on to our last one. This is also a pretty cool one, a good one. Uh this is your example of Dallas versus Tampa. Yeah, so there you go. You've got, again, quarterback being paid here. you got Dak Prescott, and you got a star receiver and Amari Cooper being paid with them. On the left there, you got Dak and Amari Cooper. But on the right, you can see the closest thing probably we have to a super team in the NFL, the Bucs. You can see, how, again, the cheap. Tom Brady signed with the Bucs for cheap. He did the whole voidable years thing. His cap hits only like $10 million this year. So what does that mean, the Bucs? The Bucs can you know, retain Chris Godwin. They can retain Mike Evans. They can sign Leonard Fournette and Giovanni Bernard. You know, Dallas may have Elliott and Pollard, but for a fifth of the price, you don't even have Elliott's price tag on here because that's really high too. The, the, the Bucks got Fournette and Bernard, which is probably comparable the way the season has gone. And instead of Amari Cooper, one good wide receiver, the Bucks have two, Godwin and, uh, and Evans. And that, just, and that just is so powerful because we saw with Dallas when they lost Amari Cooper for a few games, you just don't lose that guy. You lose the fact that because you paid so much for him, you have lesser depth, right? Like we talked about with some of these other guys. So when that guy, that star player who's paid a lot doesn't play, you don't have good backups behind him to step up and fill in. You have cheap guys, which are usually young and inexperienced or just not very good. And we saw that happen with Dallas a little bit these last few weeks as they slumped a little on the offensive side of the ball. The Bucs don't have that problem. They got depth everywhere and that's why they're so tough and that's why they're the favorite to come out of the uh nfc and go to the super bowl this is like uh if the rams would have done it right type of situation uh this is a true superstar squad giovanni bernard is a really great pass catching back leonard fournette was a stud in uh jacksonville before he left uh, chris godwin mike evans are probably like um could be a top five receiver duo in the nfl 
And then you got Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, all for the price of two of Dallas's players. That's why, and and we're not even really cherry picking. These are some of their highest paid players, uh, more or less, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So this is like a pretty comparable comparison. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think uh, Amari Cooper and Dak are the two highest cap hits that Dallas has on the offensive side of the ball. I think Chris Godwin is number one uh, for the uh, for the Bucks, and I think Brady's not far behind them at, at you know on that list. And again, like you said, it, it just tells you, you know, if if you can just get the salary cap right and, and understand how to sign certain players and not sign others. And, and manage it the right way, you can build a, essentially a super team. And this is where I think the Rams screwed up. They paid too much for Stafford. I think they could have traded Goff potentially and maybe gotten a young quarterback. Can you imagine if the Rams had Mac Jones and had, you know, maybe two more weapons on offense? I mean, the Rams could essentially be the way the Patriots are today. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, next time free agency rolls around and you think to yourself, man, I wish my team would make a huge splash in free agency. Just realize it's not always worth it. These are kind of what the situations arise when you do make all of those splashes in free agency. Uh, it Eventually, it will come back to bite you. So if you want to win a Super Bowl now, uh, you could try it, but it doesn't necessarily really work that well. Uh, yeah. the, the only proven way is to build from the ground up. Yeah, and if you ever wonder why, you know, all pro hall of fame quarterbacks, you know, why does Drew Brees only have one championship? Why does Aaron Rodgers only have one championship? It's because of this, right? You, you pay the quarterback, you, you, you try and get key with big splashes in the salary cap, like the, in the free agency, like the saints did for a while. And it always comes back to bite you. It just always does. You always, as much as it stinks sometimes to see your team, let good players go, you got to manage the situation and, and do a good job with that and make sure not to overpay. Yeah. That's just like you said, uh, superstar elite quarterbacks getting that that one championship getting paid just like Joe Flacco went out there Super Bowl MVP uh, and then he gets paid and then you know it's tough to win after that it's tough so. yeah all right you have any more on this Nick no I think I think this is a good segment it's a really good deep dive I think it, it really sheds some insight into to how teams are structured and, and how good teams you know find other ways to win I think that's what it's all about Yep, I think it's uh, about everything. And and, in the NFL, the main problems are being smart with your money, whether you're a player, whether you're a general manager, or whether you're a owner. you got to be smart with how you spend your money. And that's that's a life skill for everyone listening. Be smart with how you spend your money. If you spend it wisely, you can do much, much more with much, much less. Yeah, that's this big moment for our show. We went from just being an NFL talk show to being a... uh a financial uh, support show and, 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 and a help show financial advice show. So good on us for expanding into new frontiers without even really trying. Yeah, good, good we just want to thank you for coming to our Ted talk on <laughs> uh, money management. And uh, that's all we have for, for you today. We'll, we'll see you next time.